Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Good to we see keep you. Doing, brother. Fantastic morning. I'm fantastic. I don't know about you guys, but it's a uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't care. It's another great day to get up and go get it. So I'm excited. Paul Ruston, first in the huddle, baby. Way to show up. Loyal member. Did uh, Mark, did you make the intro to uh, Justin? What do you want me to I'm do? Not off of line. I did it. I did it obviously on. We got to, I got to figure out whether or not they connected. Paul, did you guys connect yesterday? Larry Long Jr., Scott Garber, good morning to everybody. Scott had a great post. LLJ Cool is in the house. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I want you to do a, a recipe book because uh, your stuff on Instagram, what you're cooking, fantastic, man. Those those uh, egg rolls yesterday, air fried egg rolls, man, I dreamed about them. That's the next major purchase for the kitchen, I think, is an air fryer. I, I, I want agree. an air fryer. They're just I've huge. Heard I've heard air fryers. Yep. Doo, doo, doo. Paul Start me up, baby. So, all right. I'll I'll connect you guys through a message so that it's in there and you guys are talking. Let me take Just a note. Friendly in the house. Thank you for dropping off my gift. Got a nice box delivered from uh, from Gus. That's he's, awesome. He's playing the branding tool, so I got a hat and I got a shirt. Morning, Stout. Good morning, Yvonne. Ooh. I mean, when you listen to this, is it impossible not to get going? Yeah, you got to. Start I mean, the whole the, the words in the song are "Start me up,", start me up. <laughs> which is another song. Another song that takes me back to Miami Arena. Like I remember being in Miami Arena, Heat games, that being played in the pregame and stuff. Like, here's funny. a question for you. Speaking of the Miami Arena, favorite. Heat, Panthers, or concerts? Heat, no doubt. Heat. Yeah, really? I mean, I would immediately go to, like, the old Heat Knicks series. Like, wow. are you kidding? Like, well, John Starks coming Alan, into town. Uh, uh, oh. Houston, Latrell Sprewell. Like, that started to merge into the, the new American Airlines arena. But that, that era of basketball down here, and I love the Miami arena. I mean, it was a dumb. So, uh, David Allen is out on his run, and on his Apple Watch, the Daily Huddle popped up, man. Way to go, brother. Way to go. Love it, love it, love it. All right, we're 802. That's, uh, that's enough of the music, but it's certainly a cool way to get started. I got tons of content today. Tomorrow is um, is the day take over. So he drives the content. Good morning, Melody. Good morning, Denise, John. Great to see everybody. So I got a couple of, you know, what's happening during the day. And I see people actually taking the content and repurposing it. That's why I do it. I do the research. On this day, in 1922, the American Football Association changed its name to the NFL. Whew, see, things change, man. Wow. So they merged, right, too. Well, that was after the merger. That was later okay, on. Gotcha. Yeah, so they changed. Was, got it. Got correct. it. Okay. 19. Uh, hold on. What was it? Uh, I think I have another one here. Yes. 1896. Booker T. Washington becomes the first African-American to receive an honorary MA degree from Harvard University. 
So this that? will go up for debate, but for all of my high school football fans, Booker T. Washington High School in Miami is one of the perennial powerhouses in, in football. And Tim Ice Harris is the legendary coach that built that program. Ice has sons that have gone on to play all over the NFL, all over college, and have gone on to coach coaching. Uh, Tim Ice Harris, shout out to a legend in Miami high school football. Very cool. So the, the Booker T legend lives on. Um, here's a good one that'll bring up a really good conversation. 1964, the Federal Trade Commission announced that the following year, cigarette makers must include warning labels that uh, the effects of smoking were harmful. So things change. So I don't know if you watched the news yesterday, because I don't normally do that, but it was all over Twitter. It was all over social media about wearing a mask. Okay. Things, about wearing a mask. Things change. You know, Jake was brilliant. He brought this up. He goes, listen, at some point people were not wearing seatbelts. They changed the rule. You get fined if you're not wearing a seatbelt. Put on a fucking mask. <laughs> Save us all, will you please? You know what? You can have fun with the mask. It becomes a fashion item just like my pocket square, just like the shoes. Just make it fun and enjoy it. Be safe. Come on, people. The, the numbers are rising because people are being stupid. Vaughn Dugan, I love Vaughn Dugan. You know, my the restaurant tour of the year. I love him. He's saying, listen, man, if you want to come and get rowdy in my restaurant, don't bother. Stay home and order delivery, dude. Got to stay, stay in business and you got to abide by the rules of stay in business. So where am at. So and don't sit at the bar. We got great, great feedback yesterday from the conversation about Simon Sinek. You know, he is so great. And so, um, so he's a thought leader. He's not a thought leader to prove it to you. He's a thought leader in his own mind. He has his own opinions and he's willing to stand up on a stage and share it. So I want to share with you another guy who does something very similar. He's been doing it a long time. He's very well-spoken, very well-written. Oh, by the way, he happens to be a bald guy, of course. Um, his, name is Seth, his name is Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. If you are not following him, do it. He has a couple of great books. Um, he is well known for his opinion on internet marketing and things of that nature. So um, I, I get an email every day, Mark. I think you get the same email. Yep. Yeah, it's right to the inbox. He sometimes he puts like a, a couple paragraphs together and it's long written. Sometimes it's four sentences and it's just great thought provoking ideas, especially coming from a marketing uh, a perspective. So. Um, keeping on the theme of thought leadership, I pulled four of my favorites, um, but I have an archive of these that I go back to randomly, just hit on it, go into the library and say, instead of watching Netflix, I'm going to review some of the Seth stuff because it just is that, that, that thing that sparks creativity. So uh, let's get into a conversation about some of our favorites because you and I have already talked about it. Um, you got one. What's at the front of the line is the, is the headline. And here's the, the content. A study of behavior at breakfast buffets. You guys do remember what a breakfast buffet is. That'll probably be archived and we'll never see buffets again. But a study of behavior at breakfast buffet showed that the first item in the buffet was taken 75% of the time, even when the order of the items was reversed. So what does that tell you, Mark? 
So the first thing is that whatever the first thing you offer to somebody is the thing that they're going to buy from you. So it doesn't matter if you have a suite full of products, whatever that first thing is that you offer to somebody, that's the thing that's going to get bought the majority of the time. And it reminds me of a story that you told me, which I want to talk about this for a second, because I think learned experience is different than just experience, right? I didn't necessarily experience this thing, but you did. And then you taught it to me through a story, but you were working with Comcast, right? And Comcast taught yeah. you that the first thing you had to do was get the cable into the house. Once you got the cable into the house, then you could offer all of the other amenities and you could upsell, 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 but you couldn't do any of that or offer anything else until you got the cable into the house. That's not an experience that I had, but that's something that I learned that's a best practice through you. So I think a lot of people, when they're looking at, well, how do you know who to follow or what to listen to? Listen to the people that have done it and have experiences and then take it and make it your own. I learned that from you, but now I'm able to share that with people, which is a direct relation to the first thing in the buffet line. Uh, I like it. I think for me, what it does is uh, from a, when you're related to sales, um, smart consumers and the buyer is clearly smarter um, and smart sales professionals look for the one thing that somebody wants. So consumers are more patient now, you know, experience that patience on both sides. And that's a big word that you can take from that. So I love that. Um, the, the theory that he brings out is so, so spectacular. And he does that all the time. So that's number one. Um, quick a celebratory shout out, Ron Hale, who's in the huddle. He's one of the original members of the huddle. He got engaged this past weekend. Congratulations, brother. Uh, couldn't be happier for you. And Congrats, Ron. I was remiss yesterday, Brandon Steiner, um, you know, the famous Brandon Steiner, who, uh, if you haven't seen uh, his Tell Me Something Good, it was fantastic, same as Ron's, but it was his birthday yesterday and I missed that. So my apologies. Okay, this one's a conversation that'll take us maybe the whole time. <laughs> I love it. Um, should schools reward skills or talent? Um, and talent is something that you're born with. Skill is something you earn. So let's go, because from a coach's perspective, you could probably take the next two hours and go on this. Yeah, for sure. I think that directing or relating this directly to my sports background, you recruited kids based on their talent, right? You wanted to bring in talent, but then once you had the talent, talent doesn't win games. Talent doesn't win championships. Talent has to be developed into skills. And so to me, when you're talking about developing kids, you have to recognize talent in kids and then figure out how to hone their skills to marry and, and, and move to the forefront of their talent. So I think the talent should come from the skills that they do. So I, as a special teams coordinator, for those of you who don't understand football, special teams doesn't ever have starters on it. You're not taking the starting wide receiver and the starting defensive back and playing them on all phases of special teams. Maybe you play them on one, maybe. Most of the special teams are comprised of the guys who are the second string, the backup to the starters, or the third string, the guys that are just barely making the bus because they've got that single role that keeps them on the bus and traveling with the team. So they're not as skilled, they're not as talented 
as the other guys on the team, but you can develop their skills to be really sharp and build a culture around those guys that they own that job and they're really great at what they're supposed to do. And that's how we had a lot of success was I took guys that were maybe not as talented, but developed unbelievable skills in what we did. And we, we beat people that way. Jake is insane. He goes, unless you're Ohio State. Correct. Yeah. Unless you're Ohio State and you can get away with whatever you want. <laughs> so, so relating it to the sales world, and for me, this was true. I, uh, If somebody came into my sales world, working with me or I was working with them uh, you know, together, um, if they hit a home run the first day, first week, they went out, they had something pent up from their old job or whatever, they came in and wow, the rest of the sales team would be enamored. Oh my God, this guy's a rock star. This woman's unbelievable. She's going to be incredible. And I would go, okay, great. Give me 90 days. Let me see what's going on in 90 days. Because a lot of times, you know, the world collides, something really good happens early on, and then they never are able to repeat it. And so uh, this line is fantastic. Skill comes from commitment and practice and self-discipline, period. That, that goes across every walk of life that if you don't have those and you're not building skills, you know, uh, one of the songs I was going to play this morning was the Foo Fighters, Learn to Fly, because you got to learn, man. This is, you know, I believe in lifelong learning. I learn every single day. Uh, you and I went through an exercise yesterday, which was totally foreign to me, but somebody wanted us to do something. We sort of went through it and it'll, it'll impact the rest of my career, but it was certainly cool. So the skill of earning skills really becomes an advantage. And I think, you know, when you, when you really zero in on that, it, it really does have an impact. Leaders talk about developing real skills instead of people who have just raw talent. And you've seen kids that come in with raw talent, don't do the work and they fail. Well, especially when you're at the levels of Alabama, Florida State, Florida, you know, those those programs are bringing in such high level of skill, which is the same as the NFL. The average career in the NFL is three years. You got to understand that. Like the average lifespan for an NFL player is three years. That means that there are guys coming in on a yearly basis that are just as talented as you, that if they become more hungry than you and develop better skills and are able to fit into more roles, they're going to last longer than you because of that. And so for me, as, as leadership, right, it's not, it's, it's not your job to just identify talent and say, okay, talent goes to the front of the bus have a great time. And there's actually, you know, Jake brought up Ohio State. That is Urban Meyer's philosophy. Take great talent, move them to the front of the bus, get as much as you can out of them, not necessarily develop them. If you look at the guys that Urban Meyer produced, they didn't necessarily have great NFL careers because they never developed skills. They relied on their talent to be better than everybody else. And while that lasted for a short time at each of Urban stints, he never created a program such as Alabama, such as Clemson, that had perennial power year after year. So as a leader in an organization, if you've got great talent, awesome. you got to leg up on everybody else. But if you're not developing the skills of those talented people, it's not going to last. You're going to get some short, easy wins in the short run, but eventually it's going to fade. And somebody who's building culture around skills is going to surpass you. You know, I, I, when I get in and 
you know, I start doing some of my work with, uh, you know, clients and their sales staff, sometimes my recommendation is to fire the biggest producer. And they look at me and they go, are you out of your mind? I said, you got one guy who's trying to be an island or gal, right? Disrupting the entire process, disrupting the culture, you know, making it so that nobody else can grow. And you know what? They're the reason why you're stuck. You got one overperformer who it's all about them instead of everybody growing and learning. And when you do that and you allow people to really have the attitude and the passion to, to all get better together, you know, that's, you know, there's examples and examples and examples, but, um, um, coach of Michigan, uh, Harbaugh, Har um, what one year, San Francisco 49ers, Mike Singletary's coaching them. They go three and 13. He gets fired. Harbaugh comes in new mindset says, Hey, listen, everybody's could be cut every, you know, but I'm going to stick with you guys and give you a chance to learn a new process. That same team, 13 and three, uh, you know, so, you know, and that's the great part about being in the NFL is that everybody's talented, right? Like it, it's the, the margin for error is so small that that's where you really see coaching process and attention to detail, accountability, culture, all of that comes together. That's how you get, you know, that's how you get the Patriots. Look like you have an unbelievable leader who's a producer in Tom Brady, but Tom Brady doesn't make it about Tom Brady on a daily basis. He makes it about everybody else meeting his level of expectation, which you learned from Michael Jordan in the last dance thing. It was about everybody meeting his level of competition every single day, which developed the culture. And you're either willing to take part in that culture or you're not. It's okay to push people out of their comfort zone in business, in sports. I don't care what it is. You set the standard that you're willing to accept, and then you got to live with it. You and we talked about it. You you got to lay in the bed that you made, right? So if you're a leader of an organization, whatever's happening is your fault, it's your responsibility. You own it, man. I, I love it. So you know, am I the only one who's interested to see how the Patriots do without Tom Brady? You 100%. know, maybe Brady's time had come. And it was time to move him on and see what the system produces. So totally into that. I'm going to shift gears to another um, an, another saying from Seth. That's a good idea. So for many years, our agency was a, um, a creative agency. We would come up with the idea. And we'd sit in our war room, which was big really things. a big thing. Big things. And we'd come up with a big idea. And when that would happen, you would see everybody go, all right, we got it. Good <laughs> idea, you know. And I would—I I had to push people to say, "Okay, write that on the board." And, and we would write all over the walls. We had glass walls, and we'd write on the walls. And then we'd leave, and then come back the next day and start off the work from that kernel of an idea. And so, um, what Seth brings up, which is such a great point, is that the idea is sometimes the easy part. It says. Okay, got a good idea. Then what happens? Um, repeat the second question a hundred times because after every good idea, there are at least a hundred steps of iteration, learning, adjustment, innovation, and effort. 
And so, you know, like we, we have, we would have interns that work for us and we would welcome them to jump into the mix with us. They would come up with a kernel of an idea and that kernel of an idea would wind up somewhere else, but it would take us down a track. So, you know, I want you to think about the effort and investment in an idea because all of you have the opportunity to create an idea for your business. You just have to work the idea. The idea by itself is useless. The best ideas are left at the implementation stage because the implementation stage is the hardest part. And for those of you who didn't see my MGB conversation last week, uh, a shout out to, to Eric Corum, high performance mind. We've had a ton of crossover and work together in, in coaching. But he talks about when you're trying to get to a high performance mentality, all high performances is identifying the problem unpacking the problem into each compartment and then putting the compartments back together in a way that's synchronized to allow you to, to remove the problem and move past the problem. It's that simple, but nobody wants to take the time to unpack it, break it down and put it back together, which is the exact same when you have a great idea. Once you have the great idea, now you've got to figure out all of the ways that you need to put it into action. So a fantastic conversation. Unfortunately, we're at our hard stop because we could keep going on and on and on. Um, here's a, an opportunity for everybody in the huddle. And by the way, I love seeing everybody in the huddle converse with each other every single morning. This is the nature of how you build your life and how you build your own culture. But here's an opportunity for you. I have usually an 8.30 coaching call every single morning right after the huddle. My 8.30 this morning, unfortunately, had an emergency and had to cancel. So I have a half hour that's free. So the first person in the huddle, anywhere on the internet that's watching right now, the first person that gets in touch with Shay gets on my calendar and I'll give you a free 30 minute coaching call. You can ask me anything you want about anything, life, business, happy to go uh, spar with you. So there's an opportunity. Uh, thank you for joining us. As we said, tomorrow is takeover Thursday, uh, Mark Nudelberg takes the wheel and brings some of his content and his music and his stuff. And then Friday, the creme de la creme. We've had two weeks in a row where uh, I asked Mark questions. He asked me questions. Papa Noodle comes into town on Friday. So Friday afternoon at four o'clock, we will go live with my Tell Me Something Good show in the afternoon and do all four generations. Bam. Uh, we'll have Kai. We'll have... Uh, uh, Mark, we'll have Jake, we'll have me and my, and my dad. So we'll have a, a whole pot full of noodles. Should be a fun time. Uh, thank you. Uh, Lloyd, just so in closing, there is no crying in baseball. Baseball is back. They say no spitting, no licking your fingers to pitch the ball. What a crock of shit. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> so It ought to be great stuff. Thank you, guys. Great conversation. Great stuff. Hump day, go out and make it great. Stay on the ball.